Welcome back to this week's mini So This week we're talking about Michael Mann and the $30 million that went missing from a payroll company. So we already know what happened, and the big question for me is what happens now? Yeah, so you ready to start the timer? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, sorry. I, no, it's okay. I, that is the big point of our show. We have the timer. Okay, so I'm ready to start it if you are. All right, let's do it. <laughs> 10 minutes, here we go. Fire away, Alicia. Okay, so yeah, the big question, what happens now? Yeah, so now we have, if you remember, there was a payroll processor that, you know, the 250,000 employees, like they didn't get paid and then they, but it was coming through a payroll processor. If all reports are correct, the payroll processor went ahead and paid all those employees payroll. But now they're stuck holding a 20 million plus dollar loss. The other side of the problem that we all heard about is that there was at least $9 million of payroll taxes that weren't paid by another processor connected to Michael Mann. So that's where we're getting, you know, this $30 million that was a loss. We've got the payroll processor that paid all the employees. They're holding about $26 million of money that's missing. But then we also have this payroll tax processor that whenever they went to go pay the payments, it didn't get funded. From some information that I've gotten just with even local connections here in Tulsa, it sounds like it's possible that employers are going to have to pay their payroll taxes again and that they don't necessarily know which ones got filed and paid and which ones didn't. They're saying, hey, employers, we're really sorry. You may have to pay your payroll taxes again. And the only way we're really going to know that is if you get a notice from the IRS. And if you get a notice from the IRS, then, you know, there's going to be like penalties and interest associated with it. And so just the these payroll companies that were in business with Michael Mann are going to have to petition and argue with the IRS to say, hey, this isn't really this employer's penalties or interest. But it's possible that employers are going to have to pay those payroll taxes again. Like it's already been paid once. They're going to have to do it again. That just seems so wrong. I don't I know. I don't understand. Okay. That's, I think that's the biggest thing I don't understand is why can't Michael Mann pay this money back? Like, why is it up to these companies that already got screwed over to have to repay it? And basically it just doesn't sound just to me. I know this one, this one is really messy. And I think that's why I've enjoyed talking about it and just trying to bring awareness to this issue and the kind of risk that's involved. Because the thing is, it's not just about Michael Mann stealing $30 million of payroll taxes and payroll and then like leaving the country. It was part of a bigger scheme. This idea of robbing Peter to pay Paul. The most common fraud situation where you have that going on that people are aware of are Ponzi schemes. The thing is that he was advancing loans. He was getting money from banks on assets that didn't actually exist. So it's fake. So if you think of somebody juggling, right? Mm -hmm. If they stop juggling and they don't have enough you know, coordination or hands to catch these things that they're, you know, the pins that they're juggling, something's going to fall out. And so the problem is that he's potentially inflated his lifestyle and everything he owns, you know, nothing actually existed or it didn't exist to the value that he was saying that it did. And so because of that, there's probably no actual cash or assets to even collect. It's very sad. It's very sad. But this is what happens in Ponzi schemes. I think what also hits home about this one too is that in a Ponzi scheme, we're talking about investors who were given a promise and like they're going to make all this money and whatever. And I think there's some sentiment in some groups saying, well, yeah, the Ponzi scheme is bad, but also was it greed driving the investors, which we're not going to get into that today, but that's kind of a common train of thought. Mm -hmm. But this is different 
This is Main Street. This is small business. This is like mom and pop that run the risk of having to pay their payroll taxes again, that they could have had the payroll processor not forwarded all that money to their employees. Like they could have had to pay their employees again. And so this is affecting people that weren't looking to make some extra money. This is just like normal business. But the reason he can't pay it back is also because right now, since he's under investigation, all of that stuff is frozen. And because he's running this big, he was running this big bank fraud loan thing, the bank more than likely is going to have higher priority on anything that he did have because it will be collateral to offset the loans that the bank had. These employers don't have any, I mean, they're kind of unsecured in like kind of a weird backwards way. But, you know, to get a $10 million loan, you have to have a certain amount of collateral that you pledge or a certain amount of cash that you put down, right? So then the bank, if you default on that note, then the bank has right to go collect certain things that you've pledged as collateral. Since it was all fake, there's going to be much less collateral than Michael Mann said. And what's common in this case, and I'm not prejudging Michael Mann, but what's common in in these types of cases is that since they've created their wealth based on stuff that doesn't exist, a lot of times you could think, well, they live in this big home. They could just sell the home and pay everything back. But a lot of times they've taken out all the equity. So everything they have is highly leveraged. And that's why he wouldn't have any cash to pay people back. Maybe he's going to be different, but doubtful. So, <laughs> so the I just want to make sure I have this straight. Yeah. He never actually had the money ever. He just made promises that he had the money right. to offset his loans. That's what's been alleged, yeah. Oh my gosh. So basically right. he was just like this guy who just could make it look like he was rich to the right people to make himself seem more rich. Right. To get more money from banks. Oh my banks. gosh. That's, right. That just seems so confusing. Right. It is. <laughs> and it's going to be a mess to untangle. Okay. Yeah. So I guess these businesses now, these small mom and pops, they're just going out of business now? Well, not necessarily because the greatest expense was to those employees mm-hmm. and that did get paid. I don't know how the payroll processor is going to handle it. Mm-hmm. I don't know the size of that company to know if they can absorb a $26 million loss. And your payroll taxes, fortunately, are a lot smaller. You know, it's only, what, seven and a half to 15% of, you know, depending on what all they controlled. But, you know, let's just say 10% of your payroll expense. So hopefully these businesses can afford to pay those again. But that Mm -hmm. just stinks, right? Like that money, they shouldn't have had to pay their payroll taxes twice. Oh, that's so terrible. My next point that I want to bring up is last week, on the episode, you mentioned certain steps people can take to kind of avoid this situation. So have you yourself done that for Workman? Yeah. So one of the things is to create a payroll account, move your money there so that your payroll provider doesn't have access to your operating account and all your cash there. Second is to contact your payroll provider and get a certificate of insurance to see what insurance they have that will um, cover that. And so I actually did call my payroll provider and I've been getting the runaround. We are now contacting lots of payroll providers and we're going to put together a white paper that will be available to download hopefully in like a week or so mm-hmm. where people can look to see that they're, you know, what does their payroll provider offer in terms of insurance and what are they doing to help reduce the risk of this going forward. I see. More to come on that. Yeah. Okay. So basically it's forcing these payroll companies to kind of get this insurance that this company did not have. Yeah, hopefully they'll take steps to do that Mm -hmm. to prevent this in the future. Okay, so is there anything, because I mean, we are a forensic accounting company, Mm -hmm. is there anything we can do to help people with these kind of situations or? Yeah, Uh, so one of the things that we're doing is 
uh, we offer anti-fraud procedures workshops where we invite all of the key people from mm -hmm. that handle cash, that handle expenses, that handle accounts payable, just anything that involves how the company makes money and how they manage what we call in our field, the controls or segregations of duties. So get all of those people into one room. And with our expertise in fraud prevention, fraud investigations, we talk about how can we use the resources of that company to create the best fraud prevention procedures. And then after we've done these really cool guided workshops on improving that for businesses, then we, Workman Forensics, mm -hmm. actually write up the new procedures manual. Mm -hmm. So that's, I just think that's one of the biggest challenges. Yeah. One, either management tries to implement something that, you know, other people aren't bought in on, like the people actually carrying it out every day, or it's outside of the actual resources. And then let's say that they do come together with this new idea and concept, who's going to type it up to make sure that it's implemented while you still kind of have that momentum from the workshop. So we're just going to take care of all of it for you. Get the right people in the room, determine what your resources are, create the best plan for your book, mm -hmm. and then we're going to write it through procedures so that you can just get to work. I see. Okay. So all that is just to kind of basically avoid situations like this in the long run. And this would be for payroll companies to come out and reach out to. Yep. Yep. Payroll come. I mean, it could be for anybody. Oh, but that's true. Which, you know, small business, payroll providers. I mean, really any business mm -hmm. that wants to improve their controls. Oh, look at that. Right we got on that. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you have any questions or comments about anything brought up, please feel free to email us at podcast at workmanforensics.com. If you or someone you know or a business you run is interested in the anti-fraud workshop, feel free to stop by workmanforensics.com to schedule an appointment with one of our case managers. Thanks for listening.